Welcome to Disclaimers Aside, a podcast where I share the raw and honest stories of people in my community, Disclaimers Aside. I'm your host, Aisada Amadou, and let's dive into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's podcast episode of Disclaimers Aside. Today marks exactly two weeks into the month of Ramadan, so Ramadan Mubarak as I am recording this. This will be going up a week after I'm recording this, but hope your guys' Ramadan has been going well thus far. I feel like the month of Ramadan has kind of went by very, very quickly, and I think it's really just because of how busy spring quarter has been thus far. Spring quarter, I've especially just seen such a difference being on campus. The flowers are blooming and the campus has this fresh feel that is like no other. It is a beautiful time to be on campus. This quarter, I'm taking three classes. Um, I'm taking a class on free speech constitutional issues. I'm taking an intellectual property class and I'm also taking a comparative law class. The free speech class is probably my favorite so far in the quarter because we are as a class we're just having such interesting conversations that i feel like i wouldn't have otherwise so i really am enjoying that class i'm really engaging a lot with some of the issues that honestly for what feels like the first time in a long time i feel like i just don't have the answer to i think going in at into college as a legal studies major Before I had this perception that with the law, there is always a right and a wrong, a good and a bad, but things are just not that black and white. And you very quickly realize going into legal studies or even going into law school that there is so, so much gray area in the law. That's what I'm realizing, especially in this class, but I'm loving it because I think it is challenging my thinking in a lot of ways. The second class that I mentioned is a class on intellectual property and I took this class because I've never taken a class in the realm of corporate law and it's something that I could possibly see myself exploring later in my career. So I wanted to get the experience of taking a class in the realm of corporate law in my undergrad. I will say with this class, the description of the class definitely sounded more interesting than the actual class. It is for sure pushing me out of my comfort zone in a way that is not as easy to accept, to say the least. But I'm glad that I took it because at the end of the day, I was definitely curious as to whether I would be interested in like pursuing intellectual property further. Don't get me wrong, it's only been three weeks at this point of spring quarter, so I haven't fully formed my opinion on the class yet on the quarter system takes at least like four to five weeks before you can really like form a proper opinion on your class or just like get a grasp of like what the the class is like at least my experience as a legal studies major i also am keeping in mind that while this is one class and this is one type of intellectual property that the field of intellectual property in the law is very broad the last class i'm taking is comparative law This was another class that I have been very excited about. I actually tried to take it winter quarter of last year and it's with a professor that I've had before and I loved her teaching style and her class. So I was very excited about it, but I was very quickly disappointed. And it's not necessarily because of the the teaching style, but it's more just because 
It's a comparative law class, but we're only studying European countries. The only countries we're really examining besides the United States are France, England, Germany, and Italy. And so it's a very limited scope of study. Even though I go to a liberal school, UC Santa Cruz, I have really just realized recently that a lot of my legal studies education has been very Eurocentric and it's very disappointing to say the least. I was hoping that with a comparative law class we could at least look at countries like India or a country in Africa or even a country in Asia. Just a more of a expansive look at legal systems than the same boring old Eurocentric countries and it's disappointing i'm not gonna lie that's my only gripe with the class so far it is a lot of work and i'm learning a lot don't get me wrong i appreciate it but i think that there's always ways to improve education and even at a very liberal institution like ucsc things are very eurocentric and white focused so as i mentioned it's been two weeks of ramadan at this point and Recently, I've just been working on balancing school and trying to also at the same time grow my spirituality. If you listen to my episode on Ramadan two weeks ago, I'm really trying to make change in a gradual way because kind of my main goal after Ramadan is over this year is to just carry these habits with me even after the month ends. I used to kind of look at Ramadan as more of like a detox in a way, but you're really supposed to come out of it reformed and a better person you're supposed to have kind of a different outlook on life and a renewed approach to faith so with that that is kind of how i'm trying to change my outlook on ramadan this year because i'm far away from home um because i'm kind of on my own a little bit more this year i've been able to really try and like focus on those areas it's a work in progress it's gonna take time but I'm willing to put in the work and I think that the results of it will really shine through, if not now, in years down the line. So disclaimers aside, my unpopular opinion for this week is that you can love something like a book, movie, or TV show and still be critical of it. So an example of this, I have two examples actually. First example is, I love Euphoria, but it can be highly triggering. Euphoria is a beautiful show in a lot of ways, but it has highly triggering content that's not necessarily for everyone. And sometimes the way that they handle issues may not be the best of ways. But me recognizing that those negative aspects of the show doesn't take away from my love of the show. And just because I love the show, it doesn't mean I should automatically ignore some of those negative aspects. Another example, I love The Hunger Games but it does fail to bring a racial dynamic into the story. So really what this unpopular opinion is, is it's a tying to today's topic. We are going to be discussing the power of media representation today. I hope you guys are excited for this podcast episode. This is a topic that I'm genuinely very, very passionate about. But before we get into the main meat of the episode, I want to really briefly talk about Something that I learned this week and also just my intentions going into next week. Something that I learned this week is that self-love and self-respect is not selfish. Recently, I have been put through experiences where that has been tested. And I found that sometimes the line between standing firm in your self-worth and selfishness can be a little blurry. But at the end of the day, 
you are the only one who can truly stand up for yourself and you have to learn how to do that. You have to practice speaking up and advocating for your needs in every space you enter, especially as a woman of color. And the more you do it, the more you become comfortable with it. And that I found is really how you build up your self-worth, self-respect, and dignity. So my intentions for this week. Every week I like to come up with three intentions for the week. First one is, this week I really want to focus on getting ahead of my readings for class because I feel like these first three weeks of spring quarter, I've been getting around to my readings like right before they're due, right before class. And really it's just been because the past few weekends I haven't had like that one day that I usually used to dedicate to rest and catch up. Typically Sundays are the day that I like to sit down and organize my upcoming week, but I haven't really had the chance to do that. So with this weekend, I really want to make space for that. I am planning on trying to just like limit how much I've been going out or like going to things and really giving myself the opportunity and the space to get ready because we are heading into weeks four and five which are midterm weeks another intention that i have for this week is that i want to get back into consistently journaling i for the longest time ever i would say up until probably winter quarter i was very very consistent with journaling i was journaling almost every day if not every other day and i think that i've just found that my mental health is always the best when i journal because it's my way of kind of like checking in with myself and it's it's important to find a, some way of checking in with yourself because especially in a capitalist society we can get so focused on constantly moving on to the next goal or the next aspiration but in the process of that you can easily lose yourself or sight of what you need at the end of the day you need your mental health to be in check in order to sustain yourself in order to continue moving towards the goals that you want to accomplish I think also checking in with yourself prevents a lot of stagnancy. If you're not stopping and reflecting on the choices that you've recently been making or things that are happening in your life, you won't really be able to fully learn or grow from them. So it's just a way to also constantly be developing and growing as a human being every single day. My last intention for this upcoming week is that I want to let go of limiting beliefs. One regret that I had when I looked back at high school after I graduated was that I constantly told myself that I couldn't do certain things because I wasn't capable or I didn't have the time. I would stop myself from joining certain clubs, trying out for certain teams, exploring different interests because I either told myself in the back of my mind that I wouldn't be good at it, like it wouldn't be successful at it, or that I just simply did not have the time. And so ever since I came to college, I've kind of had to reframe my thinking to be more of a growth mindset and, and instead of looking at my capabilities as lying within a specific box I've been trying to expand that. I think when you go to college you have so many opportunities to try new things and it can almost be very overwhelming especially at the beginning considering you know all of the things that you can do and that in itself can cause a lot of decision fatigue i found if you've never heard of decision fatigue it's when you have too many options so your brain shuts down like studies show that when you have like 10 different options of cream cheese at a grocery store you just end up not getting the cream cheese and so right now i'm really trying to navigate that middle ground between trying new things and saying yes to things while also not overworking myself one of the new things I decided to try out with this new quarter was workout classes. If you know me, in real life, I am not the most athletic people out there. 
but I really wanted to push myself to try and find some way to be active. And so UCSC has a membership where you essentially pay 40 bucks a quarter and you have access to a bunch of group exercise classes like yoga, kickboxing, Pilates, Zumba, and hip hop classes. So I have been doing kickboxing and yoga every week. Um, Kickboxing really pushes me out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways. And yoga kind of is like that feeds my soul. So far, I've only tried out those two classes. I would love to try out some of the other classes, but mainly I've been sticking to those two classes because those are the classes that kind of fit in with my pre-existing schedule. My first day of kickboxing was kind of a hot mess. It was a lot harder than I expected. And afterwards, I was so sore. Like I was limping for two to three days after that first class but it felt so good to come out of that class and one thing I love about working out is like you you never feel worse after a workout that's that's the thing you got to tell yourself when you don't want to get up and go to the gym but I ended up pushing myself to go to that kickboxing class and a few others after that up until Ramadan started because I went to that class with a group of people that's the great thing about group exercise classes it's great when you do it with friends you guys can keep each other motivated and in check but it's also a great way to meet new people. So I definitely recommend if you go to college and you don't, you're not on the sports team, you don't have a certain method of exercise, try workout classes because it may be a way for you to kind of discover something new that you love. And yoga was that for me. I had never once before tried yoga before I came to college. It's always been something that I've always wanted to try, but I just never got around to it. So I decided to sign up for a sunset yoga class and I love yoga it's very relaxing I, I consider myself a pretty flexible person so i don't find it super super difficult definitely not an expert i'm still in that beginner range but it's just a great way it's like an hour once a week where i can kind of just like not look at my phone and reset and really just like be in a state of calm that i think is really good for me mentally especially with like everything that's like going on through my head constantly throughout a week so I've been really loving the classes. It's been great to see like different people in my classes and in my internship coming to the class and meeting new people and all of that. So definitely check out workout classes, group exercise classes if you're not someone who loves to work out. It is the month of Ramadan, everyone, and I would say probably my best tip to getting through Ramadan is making sure to stay hydrated. One of the things that I like to do besides drinking water to get a little extra hydration is using liquid IV. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that is a great tasting non-GMO electrolyte drink mix powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the bloodstream faster and more efficiently than water alone. One stick of liquid IV contains three times the amount of electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. They are really convenient, especially as a college student because they come in these little mini travel size packs that you can just like throw in your bag to go and they come in a lot of different flavors i would say my favorite flavor at the moment are probably lemon lime and strawberry whether you're drinking liquid iv at suhoor 
or at iftar when you break your fast, it's definitely important to just keep in mind that hydration is important. So if you guys want to try out Liquid IV, I do actually have a discount code for you guys and it is an affiliate link. So if you guys use this code, you will not only get 25% off of your order as well as free shipping, but I will also get a commission from it. So you guys can use the code Isita underscore Amadou for 25% off and free shipping. That's A-I-S-S-A-T-A underscore A-M-A-D-O-U in all caps. Again, that is A-I-S-S-A-T-A underscore A-M-A-D-O-U for 25% off and free shipping off your first order of Liquid IV. I'll also have a affiliate link in the description box that can automatically give you this discount as well. All right, so with that being said, I think it's finally time to dive into the main topic of discussion this week, which is the power of media representation. So one of my favorite quotes by Bell Hooks, who is a feminist and actually a UCSC alum, is that popular culture has power in everyday life. In her documentary on cultural criticism, Bell Hooks kind of talks about how there's a direct link between representation and the choices that we make in our lives. I was born in 2001, so I didn't immediately grow up with social media. In fact, my mom did not let me open up an Instagram account until I was 16. I started a YouTube channel before I was able to have an Instagram account, and it was a battle to get Instagram. But in the end, I'm glad that I didn't have social media kind of in the backdrop of my development. But I think even regardless of having social media there, like that's a whole nother added layer. The media I grew up with was mostly movies and TV shows. And the images that we see in the media have a powerful impact on what we think of our identities, what we think of our self-worth, and how we perceive our positionality in the world. So in this way, media representation is foundational in our development. And the fact that as a Black Muslim woman growing up, I didn't see myself represented in the media speaks volumes. It speaks volumes about how Hollywood and mainstream society perceive Muslim women and Black women. Growing up, the only ways that I really saw Muslims represented in the media was in the over-representation of the radical Muslim or the oppressed Muslim women. I remember this kind of came to like a height in middle school. I think it's because like around the middle school age, that's when you start to become more aware about things that are happening in the world. There was a period of time where the extremist um, terrorist group was kind of out running amok throughout the world, causing trouble. And so that is when I became highly, highly aware of this over-representation of Muslims falling under the stereotype of being terrorists. I never really understood why when I turned the TV on, all I saw were these two-dimensional representations of Muslim people, especially when I saw so much diverse and complex representation for white counterparts. But as I got older, I began to realize the real world and the digital world are actually very much intertwined. I think when the internet first came about, it started off as this kind of like separate entity. But more and more as time's going on, the lines between the internet and the real world are actually blurring. Recently, I had a family friend talk to me about the concept of meta, which is something that I didn't really understand until the family friend explained it to me. But basically, it was talking about how Facebook is trying to establish this thing called meta, which is essentially like a digital 
universe, almost like virtual reality, where people are going to talk to each other on, where people are going to actually have jobs in and a lot of large companies are investing in this digital world that is basically slowly take over our lives that kind of exist in the like physical physical world so if you've seen the matrix if you've seen sword art online that is kind of where we are approaching and he told me about this concept because i was kind of curious about whether something like apple whether like something a company like apple will ever die and he was essentially saying that like the takeover of meta in our lives could be the downfall of apple potentially that's just kind of like a side tangent but that's just goes to say that the internet and our real worlds are blending and the internet has such a pervasive impact on the experiences in the physical world the narratives that the media sell us have a powerful impact on our society. The post 9-11 society that became so obsessed with the radical Muslims is really what led to spikes in hate crimes against Muslims. And so the way that the media paints Muslims is the reason why 21-year-old Nafia Ikram had acid thrown in her face outside of her Long Island home. I mentioned that in middle school, that's when I kind of gained an awareness of what was happening with extremist groups and how that was correlating to a lot of the Islamophobia that I saw other Muslims facing and the Islamophobia that I was facing as I began to transition into becoming visibly Muslim because I wore the headscarf at the age of 11. But I really started actively thinking and talking about Muslim representation when I was in high school. It started in junior year of high school in my AP Lang class. My teacher gave us the opportunity to write a research paper on any topic that we wanted. And so I decided to look at how there are so many restrictions legally in the US and the UK on the headscarf. And this was before France even established the headscarf ban, which is wild to me. But in even in the US, there are bans on women wearing the hijab when playing sports and in public schools and, and a lot of there I brought together kind of a lot of different cases of that happening um, and I really kind of started to like think about how the representation of Muslims in the media directly impacts the experiences that Muslim women are having in society on a day-to-day -day basis job discrimination and is also informing legislatures starting to restrict the freedoms to wear the hijab but I really started talking about Muslim representation online with a video that I posted in January of 2020 on Muslim representation in the media. That video was specifically in response to Apple TV Plus's film, Hala, which kind of, when I watched that, that was kind of the breaking point I had to speak out. In that video, I critiqued the representation of Muslims in movies, TV shows, and even books. And I kind of traced how a lot of those representations impact experiences, not only overt Islamophobia in terms of actual hate crimes, but also in terms of the rhetoric, microaggressions, and even things like people just not being educated about things like Ramadan in 2022. That video at the moment stands as like my most viewed video on my YouTube channel to this day, and I'm really proud of it. I feel like that video was not only a space for me to rant about my frustrations about Hollywood, but I think that also making that video made me begin to look at all the media I consume through a different light. Because of that video, I became what Bell Hooks defines as a quote-unquote cultural critic. 
And what that is, is like when we watch representations, we need to be critically vigilant of what is being told to us because every digital representation that we are seeing, there is some kind of subliminal or overt message that someone is trying to tell us. We are being influenced by the things that we are seeing, whether we know it or not. And so even when I may be enjoying reading a book or watching a movie or a TV show, in the back of my mind, I'm always kind of questioning and challenging the way the story presents certain identities. Paying attention to the way that the media represents us requires a greater level of literacy, but it's necessary at the end of the day. The hard reality is it's easier for Hollywood to sell sensational narratives rather than the complex truth. So we either buy into these two-dimensional narratives or we challenge them. In school, we are often taught the importance of critical thinking, but this can be applied to every form of media we consume. This doesn't have to remain within the disciplines of the classroom. I want to take a minute to pause and bring you guys into the conversation. When I was like thinking about how I wanted to frame this discussion, I wanted to also bring in your guys' opinions. Um, one thing I noticed with the video that I posted in 2020 is it got a lot of comments and I was really happy because not everyone agreed with me, which is 100% fine. I'm really just trying to bring in my perspective, but I want you guys also to be a part of the conversation and for there to be a dialogue. So I asked you guys over on my podcast Instagram, at disclaimers aside, how do you feel about the way that the media represents your identities? And these are some of the responses. I feel like the media victimizes hijabs way too much. 100% agree with this. I understand, and this is something that a lot of people wanted to kind of bring up on my last video. I understand that there are cases in which girls are forced to wear the hijab at a young age. That is not something that I am ever denying. But I think that it does say something when the only types of representation that we are constantly seeing are these narratives when there is a larger reality to that. What does that say about Muslim women? A lot of the times, some of the microaggressions that Muslim women will face are comments like, you don't have to wear that anymore. You're free. You're in a free country now. And it, it almost feeds into this idea that Muslim women need to constantly be saved. When you look at the hijab ban in France, for example, they ban hijabs in schools, essentially. So if you're under the age of 18, they're not allowed to even make that choice. The choice is stripped away from them because they have been indoctrinated to believe that they need to save Muslim women. And in, in doing that, by becoming that white savior, they are stripping away the choice the autonomy, and the freedom of women. Someone else said, most of the people don't have anything good to say about us when getting information from the media. 100% true. There's a lot of rhetoric going on online. There's a lot of misinformation going on, and that can be very dangerous. That's something that we talk about in my free speech class is like, yes, we have free speech, but also we're towing the line to where misinformation is becoming concerning, it's impacting how our society is structured in a way that is important and needs to be addressed. Frustrated because it's so far from the truth and it shapes how people see you, 100%, 100%. The way that the media represents countries even outside of the United States is wildly inaccurate a lot of the times and honestly sad 
I think the media in the United States is very much not only Eurocentric, but also U.S. focused and the way that it portrays other countries as these third world countries that lack complete value, that are not free, that need saving. And that, again, plays into the white savior trope that impacts a lot of the experiences when you're coming from a outside perspective. Unjust, we never get the chance to tell our own stories. They're told for us. I think that the only way that we are going to gain better representation, better representation for Muslim identities and for other identities is by having those minority groups in the rooms where they are writing the scripts, where they are writing the books, where they are directing the films. It is not going to change until we have own voices in those spaces. Is That's the hard reality because no one can tell a story better than the person who lives and breathes that experience is what I have noticed. And it's going to take some time, but I think that that is something that I hope will start to happen in the next upcoming generations is that we're going to see people kind of rewriting the narratives that the media tells us tells about our identities when they're not matching up so thank you guys for submitting those Uh, i know it's really hard to kind of answer these questions because it is a hard reality that you face when you are a minority identity just seeing the way that your identity can be stereotyped and characterized in the media and it impacts impacts your self-worth and it impacts the way you look at your identity, especially when you are seeing these media representations from such a young age. So Viola Davis is someone that I look up to. She is a dark-skinned woman in America who uses her voice. When she speaks, her voice is loud, it is beautiful, it is messy, and when she acts, She's telling a story through every single line that she delivers. She is a spearhead for change on and off the camera. She is an advocate for a better world and a better society. And she's actually currently writing a memoir. Um, I actually recently read an article like a couple days ago in the New York Times that was tracing her life and her legacy, and I learned so much from it. And at the end of the article, it said, quote, you can be whoever you want to be. And you know, for Black people, sometimes the only thing we've had to rely on is our imaginations. As she talked about how powerful it was to watch these Black women transform into warriors, a sea of dark faces created with braids and fades and bantu knots reflected back at her. What the caterpillar calls the end of the world the master calls the butterfly she told them we've been so misunderstood limited invisible for so long and now people are going to see us be butterflies for the past two years since i posted that video where i kind of critiqued the media's representation of muslim women it's hardly gotten better we're taking baby steps and i continue to exist in the margins but that doesn't mean that one day we won't be able to move from margin to center center and i still have hope for that possibility in the meantime i think viola davis does such a beautiful job of describing what it's like to be an identity that is so misrepresented in the media or just non-existent and that is being invisible and only being able to see yourself in your imagination i still have hope for the possibility that we will move from margin to center but it is only possible when we as a society 
in its entirety, not just these minority groups, hold creators accountable and criticize the stories we are fed every single day. When the narrative the media sells us doesn't match our own, it's our responsibility to rewrite our stories. Going back to Bell Hooks, one of my favorite feminists, she refers to what is called the enlightened witness. And to me, that really means not engaging in sheep behavior and not simply accepting what Hollywood deems the right narrative. So I urge you when you finish listening to this podcast episode to really just be critical of all the media you consume, even what I'm saying today, because whether you realize it or not, it has a pervasive impact on you and the people around you. I feel like that kind of represents my growth in my concept of how the power of media representation. If you guys haven't seen the YouTube video that I filmed two years ago, I still stand by everything I said in that video. I will have the link to it in the show notes. I will also have a couple of the articles and the documentaries that I mentioned in today's podcast episode linked in the show notes as well if you want to do more research about this and learn how you can become a cultural critic as well. If you guys are still listening, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I would love to hear any feedback that you guys have, so make sure to rate and, and review this podcast. You can leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. With that being said, make sure to follow the Instagram so you can be a part of the conversation and be a part of the community. I look forward to chatting with you all next week. Ramadan Mubarak. Bye, everyone. My friends are